You are listening to Get Real Podcast. And the continuous red light means we are live somewhat, (laughs) pre-recordedly live, but we're live right now. We are. We're not just live, but we are alive. We're back in the fishbowl. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. What in the world are we talking about today? (laughs) Glenn, there's so much going on. There really is. We could spend hours in here, but we're going to break this down a little bit. And the raven today is going to spread his wings a little bit. I'm going to start venturing into some things that I've wanted to venture in. Um, notes are aside today. This is things that God has been stirring in me for about two or three months now. And I, just the other day I said to you, I'm not ready to release this yet, but as I was walking into church and as, as I talked to you, uh, a little bit this afternoon, it's, it's time for this to go. It's time for it to be released. And the reason why I want it to be released is I want people to be set free. Yeah, no, that's good. That's That's the reason why we're going to do this. So You know what? Let's talk for a moment, if you don't mind, about some of the things that we've we've been talking about lately. We've gone from aliens and DMT and the psychedelic, and we've talked about faith. Yep. Okay. That was that was meaningful to me. That That, was very. That was a lot of stuff there. So, if you happen to be struggling, if you happen to be like, "Whoa, this is a confusing world. I don't understand why my parents got divorced. I don't understand why I." why I was abused. I don't understand why my business failed or what, whatever happened. Okay. A sickness that you're dealing with. And all those things represent darkness, represent somewhat separation from God. And you can get excited. Make sure to tune in and listen to that one about faith, but go ahead, Glenn, what's on your heart, dude. Okay, here we go. And this is going to be a little bit rough and bumpy, but I want everybody to just kind of hang in there with this a little bit. And we are going to talk a little bit about the Nephilim today. Okay. We're going to talk about demons today. We're going to talk about seducing spirits. But those of you that have been following this podcast, we've been growing as we've been doing this. Uh, This all started uh, back again for us when I wrote that book, Stones That Cry, about how God can move upon people with his spirit, people that are not saved, that don't know him, to use them to glorify him. I've talked about that. I talk about that in the book, and we've talked about that on this podcast. So, in a sense, a typical Christian would think that, oh, no, if I'm going to hear something that would edify me or bring light into my life, it would have to be from some authorized source. It would have to be from a preacher, a teacher, and hey, we're not coming against church leadership. We're not, not coming all. against no. it's orthodoxy. Biblical. Church leadership is biblical. It's biblical. But at the same time, there's a lot of times where we get stuck in groupthink. Right. We get stuck in error. We get stuck in our generation and we don't see around it. And God will take some soul that is not even bowed the knee to him and he'll speak through them. And this is in particular to the arts and to music. And one of the, what I'm about to share with everybody is something that I've been enjoying because of my pursuit of the Lord, diving deeper into really understanding what prayer is by just talking to God and not going into King James while I'm, you know, trying to pray to God. But my heart has been towards the metal community. And you know that. You know yes, that, Dan. Absolutely. Okay. And that's kind of what spawned all of this. And those of you that have seen pictures on Instagram and Facebook of the fishbowl that we're in, you've probably seen pictures of certain metal artists and certain metal bands. Well, they're not just up here because I think they're cool. All right. First of all, I really appreciate the gifting that God has given them. And for somehow, in some reason, in God's divine working of my life, he has used them. Now, if you go back and you take a look at some of the pictures in this room on Instagram and Facebook, uh, if you see, if there's an artist out there that has seen your picture out there or seen your band's poster up there, I can guarantee you 100% that I have been praying for you. Yeah. All right. That's, that's what this is all about. I love you. The Lord loves you. And one of the things that I asked God in my early morning drives that takes about a half hour to get to work from here at the Get Real Studio to my real daytime job. No, we just don't do this and make 
bank on it. I wish. <laughs> you know, it's not like we got to get real G6 out back and we're, we're touring the world. So your love gift now. Yes. But I have been and I have committed myself to prayer to certain people. I'm not going to get into who they are, but if you take a look around the fishbowl and you take a look at the pictures on social media, yes, you have been prayed for by me. And there's one in particular I have even spoken to you and shared with you how God has used you in my life. And you have a card that was written by me. So we're going to just leave it. We're just going to leave it at that for right now. But my question to God, I asked God this question. What is it that is blocking some of these artists from seeing the full revelation of Christ. What is it? Because God, you're using them. They've been in tune with your spirit. And then all of a sudden there seems to be this left turn at Albuquerque a little bit. All right. Remember that from Bugs yeah, Bunny? Okay. Absolutely. A little bit of a left turn at Albuquerque. And all of a sudden we see some elements of things that are not of the spirit of God. That does not mean that God's spirit hasn't used them because our sensory the way god built us we're going to be inspired by one of three things we're either going to be inspired by god's spirit we're going to be inspired by another spirit or we're going to be inspired by our own soul and our own spirit so there's three sources that the antenna can go from like the the flesh the flesh exactly exactly so i ask god what is it that is blocking these people that i've been praying for how can I get to the next level to wrestle against flesh and blood for their salvation? Because that's what this is all about. If we find out that all these people get saved, okay, and it happens, um, we'll be sad. I'll be satisfied to go home. Really, I, I really will be. Okay, Glenn, we are home. <laughs> We're on top of your home. Yeah, yeah we are. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about the other one. I understand. I'm talking about the other one. I understand. So God revealed to me that what is blocking many musicians, many artists that have received revelation from God and have been used by God, the spirit that is blocking them is a deceiving spirit. And it's the spirit of Diana or Artemis. Let me say that again. There is a deceiving spirit. It is the spirit of Diana or Artemis that is coming in and blocking full revelation of salvation through Christ. Let me explain how this got confirmed. Please do. All right. So just a couple weeks ago, I was uh, flipping through Instagram for a purpose. Okay, I just don't sit there and flip aimlessly. Uh, my whole purpose for Instagram and Facebook is to make relationship with people. And that's where we found most of the people that we've nah, interviewed. You got some duck face selfies <laughs> working. Dude, I'm, I'm sporting the guns. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I'm not. No, most of the time I'm picture, posting pictures of me, Dan, and Mac, and, and other artists that we have. And, and, and some cool stuff about the Get Real podcast. But as I was flipping through, there's an artist that I, I've really appreciated. As a matter of fact, it was the first vinyl LP that I bought when my wife bought me a record player at, at Barnes & Noble. Um, she's not even a, a metal musician, um, but she's a very gifted, talented artist. And on Instagram, she potus, posted that she is now beginning her Artemis phase of her career. And this came after I started praying against this spirit that it be removed so that these artists can see and have a full revelation of Christ. I was like, there it is. And what's interesting is that now that I have been praying specifically for certain artists with this spirit that have been seduced by the spirit, all hell has broken loose. And Dan, you can be a witness. You, you can witness that. Oh yeah. It's okay. A little crazy. Right now, the downstairs floor of the get real studio is still tore up from a dog that just went completely out of control and everybody that i talked to is like what possessed that dog to do that i'm like exactly i know what's i know what's <laughs> going through on. a water pipe <laughs> okay we're talking 680 gallons of water in the uh new new abode that we had just purchased not too long ago well let me ask you and Go i'm it. gonna play a part today okay you've <laughs> 
Yes. God has shown <laughs> you some stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be one of those grumpy old men in the balcony. You're going to be the like the Muppet, Muppet guy? Show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back the bear. Right? Okay. So, and my whole thing, even with spiritual warfare, half the time I'm like, eh, I don't know where it fits in. Most my, of my it. My doctrine is. Okay. Most, blah, 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 blah. Of, most of that of what we've been taught about spiritual warfare is what I call bail crap. <laughs> That's good. Can you define, and I don't want to throw off because, look, okay. I'm you not hear even. This? <laughs> Do you hear this? I'm looking. Glenn's handwriting looks better than any printer that has ever printed. He is a linear dozer, and he's got beautiful notes and things. So I don't want to throw you off of your, your algorithm. I'm not even using those. This is what okay. I wrote over okay. the past couple days. Give me the, can you give me the yeah. gist the dude. I'm I'm just a dude going spirit of what? Diana and who? Yes. I think I knew her in high school. Okay. What are you talking about? What what you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? What do you, what is we're showing our age. Generation Z is like, I don't understand any of your jokes. Who are these guys? Okay. I think they're funny. A spirit, the importance of knowing that yes. spirit is it to pray better? Is uh, that what it is? Here we go. We're going to define those spirits. Let's dive okay. in, bro. Come we're going to talk about fallen angels. We're going to talk about Nephilim. We're going to talk about demons. We're going to talk about Wonder Woman. Well, here I am. I'm on the metal scene. Okay. And I've been indoctrinated with, um, you know, like we love Nightwish. Love it. And we go to a Nightwish concert and they have what? They have Richard Dawkins mm-hmm. with his very elegant voice talking about the forms of life and the forms most beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he's saying this so eloquently when nothing could be more mathematically ridiculous than Darwinianism. If you look at the math, if you look right. at the facts, if you look at, wait, things don't change kind. Show me one. Okay, just ask anybody. Well, Darwinism is scientific. It sounds so smart. But if you said, show me any observable change of kind, a they're like, oh, well, the beaks of the finch changed, and now they're different-looking beaks of a finch. And I'm like, okay, explain to me how I went from lightning strikes a pool of slop into modern man, okay? And you can't bring me there scientifically. No. It is a belief. So let's say that that I'm in one of these groups, heavy metal mm-hmm. band. I've been indoctrinated by some sex, secular school in um, in um, you know some Nordic country in Norway or, or Sweden. Okay, and then my belief in God is like, well, I don't I don't know. Maybe He's energy in the universe, but yet God is moving upon me. I'm inspired by the beauty of creation enough to right. sing about it. How does Artemis, Diana, this spirit, this thing? close my mind off and what what are you doing about it what what should we do about it because it disguises itself as the holy spirit it's a counterfeit of god's holy spirit it's a seducing spirit it's a deceiving spirit and what i would want to call an intercepting spirit because those that are up okay a night wish concert and you and i we've been there i love it okay we've seen them move in the spirit of god that's not blasphemy Oh, all right. Hey, you know, Rich, without Richard question. Dawkins at all, okay. and all, what is it? Forms most beautiful. Endless or, forms. Endless most beautiful. forms most beautiful. When I see those like trilobites and the other like cells and the extraordinary exhibit of God's creation, even with Richard Dawkins, it, it moves my emotions. And I am not neo-Darwinistic. I think it's ridiculous, but I feel moved. So I'm going to rewind it. Okay, and let's just talk about Nightwish for now. Do you know what their first? release single was no the carpenter about jesus Mm. all right so we have this release about jesus and then there's their song gethsemane one of their earliest ones and if you take a look at their whole discography at the beginning it's a prophetic revelation we'll talk about that at a later time okay with the titles of their albums but what artemis is and what diana is it is a counterfeit of the holy spirit of god so it's something, for example, for our listeners, Richard Dawkins in a debate was prompted and questioned. So are you saying that something came out of nothing? And he astounded atheists around the world by saying, yes. And there was this recoil, this pause to actually go, let's react to what he just said. He basically described the miraculous. Correct. So you need faith to believe in neo, neo-Darwinism. I'm not talking about a finch getting a more curved beak. I'm not talking about a bacteria changing its strain. 
I'm talking about jumping from kind to kind to kind, okay? Neo-Darwinism is out of fashion, whether you know it or not, whether you delve into science that deeply. Trust me, delve into science that deeply. Mathematically, with what we know about the genome, with what we know about the writing, the literal information that is programming what a, a being or what an animal is going to be, it's all written down. Information is intrinsically intelligent. It did not come out of some primordial energy or accident. It didn't do it. So what you're saying is that there's a deception that they're being blocked from being able to see the logos the truth of, of the God. logos truth. Yes, exactly. Interesting. They'll start moving in that stream. They'll this spirit, the spirit of Artemis or Diana, sees these individuals, these rocks that are crying out. Moving in that stream of the Holy Ghost, being inspired by the Holy Ghost, but because the spirit is self-serving, self-seeking, and desires to bring attention to itself, will come in and mimic. This is a, The spirit of Diana is very different than the spirit of Moloch, the spirit of Baal, because it's very gentle. It per, per, portrays itself as being very kind and very benevolent. I'm on... Like, you know where I am doctrinally. Right. At least lately. Um, when it comes to spiritual warfare, there's different books and deliverance and stuff that can feel very tedious. And you got to know the name of it and you got to fight and you got to grimace and you got, I have a whole thing about that. Okay. Why is it important that you identify the names? Why, why, why do you need to know? Is it because you're deriving something from the word, like out of Acts? I want to know what is Diana? What is Artemis? You nailed it. Hitting out of the book of Acts, but it also has to deal with your relationship with the Lord. When the Lord calls us to spiritual warfare, it's not that, oh, I'm going to be this awesome warrior for God and I'm going to take on the devil myself. Okay, most of the stuff that we understand about the the evil side of the realm is, is totally bogus. And we're going to break that down a little bit in just a few minutes as well. But it has to do with relationship with the Lord. The further that I've delved into my relationship with the Lord, the more he's shown to me about this, the more he's kind of lifted that veil a little bit back. And to me, it's like, okay, Glenn, you get to participate with me because you're in relationship with me to see these souls redeemed. Hmm. It has to do, okay, spiritual warfare, the big cosmic battle. Okay, that bull. Okay, baloney. Bail crap. Uh, Bail crap, okay? It's about relationship with the Lord. Forget everything you learned from charismania in the 70s and the 80s and all that garbage, okay? All of this has become, basically, the revelation has come to me because of my desire to see souls saved. Evangelism. I I, I get it. That's what what it comes down to, okay? So, question. Is there a blockage, for example, when you look at forms... You look at design, you look at purpose, you look at what do they call it? Um, uh, what do they say? Poetry and 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 like there, there's the form follows function, and you look at that around you in nature, and then at a point, I think that begins to approach morality. Yes, in the sense that we were made, we were spoken into existence, we were designed to be eternal right. we were designed to worship god yes but yet now we're estranged from god we have like this empty shrine there and we have these desires think about it i mean recognize it in yourself if you think we're morons right but right now you sit there and consider that i do think on things eternal i have a craving for eternity yet eternity is nowhere to be found within my senses I've never seen, I see a a tortoise that may live for 200 years. I see a boulder that's been here for possibly five, 6,000 years. I see a mountain that no doubt has been here for eons, but yet I've never on a daily basis observed things eternal, but yet you see purpose, yet you see design and you imagine that there should be a creator. I've never like looked through, look, we look at all those CDs. Mm-hmm. And they contain information and music and poetry and, and beats and all these these wonderful things. And cool riffs. And cool riffs. <laughs> but we would never for a second go, that just kind of happened. Right. 
over billions and billions of eons, a Nightwish CD was produced. You know, it, it didn't happen. And here's what you're dealing with in the music and the artistic community, and this applies to the prophetic arts as well, is you're dealing with people that are extreme empaths, very sensitive to the world and the spiritual realm around them. Sensitive, I guess, gleaning from last week too. They're sensitive to logos half-truths leftover shrapnel wreckage you've got stuff in your psyche that's leftover from the first atom you've got stuff around you that oh look at the beauty of the sunset but look at the tidal wave kill a million people look at oh the gentle breeze blowing look at the breeze that tears my home down and kills my child look at all it's somehow it doesn't fit i'm drawn by the beauty of creation yet i'm rebuked by death and finite mortality and these things that are incongruous with something in me i have eternity in my heart so i'm going to drop a hint right now and this is for our listeners and you can dig into this and maybe the person that got moved upon to do this is the question is are we really masters of destiny and that's something that we'll talk about at, at a later time a later date i'm dropping a hint okay that's a little clue for people um very personal for me uh in regards to somebody that so you got somebody on your heart. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's 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 logos. That's God working. It's God giving a burden on somebody. This is not about doing some like cosmic uh sword fight or something. When God lays somebody and God start the hound of heaven begins to pursue you and haunt you, guess what? The law is right around the corner. Right. And you have to understand the law, it's what Moses gave. Yep. Look at the Ten Commandments and be like, Well, I don't really get it. Apply them personally. And what Glenn's doing, he's praying for specific groups of people that he sees God's hand on. He sees them close to the kingdom. He sees them inquiring about the logos of the world. Exactly. And they're sitting there getting completely... Especially especially after I share with one of them. Well, And they're getting stoked off half-truths. They're sitting there and looking of going, look at these endless forms most beautiful. They're almost regarding creation as a god in itself which is the natural rudiment of man to sit there and give more credence to the bird the the uh, something made of gold of stone and altar i'm going to make my own thing out of a natural idolatry but notice the drive the drive is to worship something the drive is to work live forever the drive is for um to avoid death at all costs it just there's an incongruity about the fallen world that haunts us it's like we're born into schizophrenia we are. We're born into this uh, divergent sort of confusion, and it doesn't quite make sense until the law, the law of Moses. Go ahead, Glenner. So let's go back to the book of Acts. All right. And this has been a progressive revelation. The more that I've pressed into Jesus, and this has to do with my relationship with Jesus in, in this. You know, it's really funny because even in our cult days, Dan, I have to rewind a little bit. The first time I sat down with Voldemort, and for those of you that that's the cult leader, the cult leader. Thank you for thank you for filling that in. A little clarification. I said I said to him, I feel that I'm called to ministry. I really do. And he looked at me. He said, Well, what is it you're most passionate about? And I kind of stuffed it. All right. I wanted to say rock and roll. Huh. All right. And I go but back, back to then. The, you thought that would have been like going like, Well, Bud Light. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly. horrible beer. Let's think of a better beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But if you take a look at the book of Acts, Acts uh, chapter 19, we hear a lot about, okay, that's really, it's referred to as the Acts of the Apostles and some, but it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Acts of the Holy Ghost. All right, that, that's really what the Acts are. It's the Apostles were the vessels that those miraculous wonders took place through. But you go through and take a look at Acts chapter 19. Paul showed up at a place called Ephesus, and the primary deity that they worshiped there was Diana or Artemis. Now, going back into the history. So they're of them, basically one and the same. They are the same. Okay. Yes. okay. One is the Greek name, and one is the Roman name. Now, there are several other Dianas that are referred to out through history, but it's all pretty much lumped into the same, the same thing. You're looking at a very strong feminine spirit that cherishes purity cherishes virginity, uh, cherishes being gentle, cherishes being kind, helping women through childbirth, all very noble things, noble things. Within leftover logos. Within leftover logos. So Paul shows up at Ephesus and there's a couple disciples that are there. He runs into them and they're like, hey, we've been preaching the gospel. 
And Paul's like, yeah, have you guys heard about the Holy Ghost? And they're like, what's that? All right. And they're like, we've never heard of the Holy Ghost. And they get baptized in the Holy Ghost and they start being a vessel of the Lord and they start working the miraculous. Signs and wonders, people getting healed, the dead being raised, speaking in tongues, all of those things. Well, remember that this is the center of the worship of Diana. Now, there, there was a great temple there for Diana. And at that time, it was considered the seventh wonder of the world. Wow. Okay, this was a big deal. Now, looking back at the history of Ephesus, it was the, historically, it was a city that was established by the Amazons. See where I'm going with this? No, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you. Let's go back to when we were in third grade at three o'clock in the afternoon. We all ran home to watch what on TV? Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. She yeah. was an Amazon. Oh, well, let was... me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> all right. From a fleshly perspective, <laughs> Linda Carter. Yes. Let's get real. It's Let's all... get real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when I'm like six and I'm like, What's going on? Dear Lord, <laughs> I want at least one <laughs> not, of those. I mean, not, she blew yeah. my mind. I exactly. mean, just physically and the way she looked and the, the it's like 1970-something. And I'm like, her in between her and Jeannie and Ginger and what kind of second? You know, they, they during the our era of television... That's why we got so messed up. Yeah, we're totally messed up because my whole puberty was sculpted around like Wonder Woman, <laughs> Ginger... Marianne, I dream of Jeannie. Oh my goodness, there's probably yeah. another one somewhere in there. But oh, I'm there's like, a few others. That's like, but Linda Carter. But okay, I'm sorry was, to get off Leslie. What was, right what was okay. Wonder Woman's name? Her first name, Queen of the Am or something. Of the she Amazon. was an Amazon, but what was her first name? Uh, I'm a nerd, but I'm not at your level, Diana. Ah, uh. okay. And Diana, remember in Wonder Woman who she fought, and even in the new Wonder Woman movies. She fights against the Nazis. Okay. Okay. So she's presented as this force of goodness. All right. And you see where the confusion starts to come in a little bit. Which the feminine usually does. Mm -hmm. It does. There are just, if you want, for example, a guy goes out and does something violent. Okay. He's going to get hammered by the law. And most times he should. Right. Mm -hmm. A woman can go out there in a motherly or a grandmother situation and do something really wicked, but be sneaky about it, shed a few tears, she can get away with it. There's yeah. a power in the feminine that can go right past the law. The law. So the other thing about the temple of Diana at Ephesus was that it was also, and here's where it ties into the arts and the prophetic arts and the person that is the empath that is drawn to that, is that it was a major art museum. Hmm, prophetic arts. Prophetic arts, or just the arts in general. So this spirit attaches itself to those that are artistic. Let's let's stop for a sec. Okay. And when we think about the arts, we think about a man or a woman. They're in a dark studio. Sounds familiar. They have a, um, <laughs> it's not dark in here. Although we could get rid of that light. I, I'm going to kill really that light. Co- a yeah, kill bit. that light. Yeah, yeah. Be, be a whole lot more. I don't know. But if I was staring at a blank canvas, I have infinite ability to mixture different paint colors, and I begin working on the canvas. What am I doing? I heard A. W. Tozer. I recommend a book to you all. It's not the first time. The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer is wonderful. And he talks about the fact that in the world, the Spirit of God is speaking wisdom, wisdom, logos. It's screaming wisdom. wisdom. Screaming wisdom. And it's likened to the woman yes. in Proverbs. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's going and calling out wisdom. You know what he says? He says that he believes that the men and women that are driven to genius, to create, to invent, to obsess over discovery, to, to um, make a masterpiece, to write a beautiful symphony, to do these things, they are actually responding partially 
just to the voice of the Holy Ghost yes. through that wisdom being spoken yes. by that beautiful woman in the in the corner, in the center of the square, in the in from in in the town. Yes. So in the book of Acts, these guys received the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden it's a threat to the spirit of Diana or Artemis. What's interesting about it though is that it's not the individuals that are members of the temple of Artemis that are really freaked out by this. It's the guys in the suits that are merchandising. It's the industry. Because here's the delusion is that because we are because we all have a spirit, like you were just saying a minute ago, there is something that longs to be spiritual. There's something in each of us that longs for spiritual inspiration. And where this deceiving spirit comes in, it says, hey, I can help you create. I can help you develop. I can help you tap into the supernatural. And it does. But it only goes so far. It's limited. So here in the book of Acts, we see this dichotomy between the Holy Ghost and the spirit of Artemis or the spirit of Diana. And what happens when the Holy Ghost shows up? You know what happens at the Temple of Diana? What? They all start getting saved. Because there's a realization. It's like, oh, wait a minute. What we were tapping into is limited. This is unlimited. This gives us eternal life. This does not give us eternal life. So... As we know from church history, one of the strongest churches in church history, one of the seven strongest churches was the church at what? Ephesus. Ephesus. So all of these individuals that are inspired, and this is where I get really excited when I see somebody that's inspired by the spirit of Artemis, is that they are longing for what the Holy Spirit, God's spirit, what Christ can fulfill. And there is hope and there is promise for them. And if you're listening and you're tapping into this stream and you're following this stream, I love you. And there's more. There is an unlimited stream of creativity from the creator himself. You see, Artemis, the spirit, is a created being. And this is where we get into the difference between fallen angels and demons. Well, you think about it. To create a song, to write poetry to paint a painting to sculpt a statue we're exercising the similitude of being made in the image of god yes and there is logos partial logos in that so when you do and you experience why is it that you feel a release when you create when floor hits the stage and sings and sings that thing and this emotional connection between the crowd and this beauty and the resonance and this, why is it? Is it just the animation of dull neo-Darwinistic physics or biology? What is going on? Is it mammals and pheromones and frequencies and just all the black and white of that? Or is it actually tapping into something that is resembling the architecture by which they were originally created? And it makes sense that a counterfeit spirit would be usurping that. And it also makes sense. And it brings up something, Glenn. Brings up something. If you go to a church, and I'm so grieved over this. I'm grieved over much of what is passed off as Christian praise music. Not going to call names, not going to do anything. <laughs> but when they just mimic the world. Right. There's no creativity. There's no creativity. There's no, no logos. There's no anointing. There's nothing being released. It's like, I'm going to try to mimic that. And I'm not knocking. Like, look, I don't care. If you feel the desire to do something, just do it. Be creative. Do what God puts in you. I am like not legalistic with that. But when you're just a wimpy copycat that's got no logos of your own, you don't have God moving on you to do something different to make an impact. Everything that Christ did ran most people away and it turned the world upside down. What the, what the disciples did, they weren't being like, hey, come and join us. We're going to have lights. We're going to have this. We're going to have the, oh, we're going to wave all this stuff. No, what they said offended, but it was true. 
And it just reverberated around the world because of the power of the Holy Ghost. And it was them going, no, we're going to speak. We're going to do. We're going to create. We're going to say. We're going to reason the things that God has put on our heart to do. And not we're going to copy something that, oh, why don't we... um, make our religion look just like Diana seems kind of popular. That's the seventh wonder of the world. Let's copy it. I just and feel that. And merchandise. And merchandise. Merchandise. Yeah, the money. And money. the money. And it wasn't, again, it was not the followers at the Temple of Diana that were, and I'm going to get into something very interesting in just a second that God revealed to me. Uh, and I had the final couple of revelations of this because we tried this episode edition a couple of weeks ago and we're like, yeah, we need to we need to go back a little bit here on this. But it was Demetrius, the guy who was making bank on Diana, that caused the stir. It was the guy in the suit. He's the agent. He was the agent. All right. He's like parking in the shade, babe. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> oh no, Paul and they're they're going to destroy our industry. All right. Those of you that are in the industry, don't worry about the industry. All right. God is good. Follow, just just go with it, okay? Just just hmm. don't even worry about the industry. They're just trying to use you and suck you up. They're a bunch of vultures. They're the suits, the they're collars, and the suits. They're self-interested. They're self-interested, exactly. And they're not inspired by any remnant of logos. No, they're inspired they're by the dollar. making money. Dollar. That's it. Yeah, they want some Benjamins. <laughs> they're inspired by the Benjamin is, yeah. is what they that want. That makes sense. They want the control. They want, they want the total control. So... In the book of Acts, we read that there's this big uproar in Ephesus started by Demetrius because he's going to lose money from selling the, the cool little statues that that were artistic. And I guess it was beautiful because if you take a look at the the statue of Diana, she's got like 17 boobs or something like that. I mean, you know, th- there's controversy. Over, that's a lot of boobs. That's a Glenn. lot of boobs. Either that or they say it's either bull testicles or it's eggs. Nobody really knows, but let's just say it's boobs. If I had to pick one out of the catalog, it's I'd probably, probably go boobs. with the boobs. Especially <laughs> yeah, in reference to Wonder Woman. Okay, I see where we're going today. No, I'm just, we're just getting real. I mean, I don't want to look at bull testicles all day. So. <laughs> just probably, me. Probably some legalistic Baptist Gnostic. There's like, those are bull testicles. <laughs> <laughs> so, Call it boob yeah, a boob. The town clerk. Okay, so everybody's in this uproar at the Temple of Diana over Paul, all right? And the town clerk gets up. He's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, people. He's like, Paul has not stolen anything from this temple, nor has he blasphemed Diana. And it settled the crowd down. And I was like, wait a minute. This is kind of, this did not, God did not reveal this to me until the other day. And I was like, oh, okay, I got it. We're going to talk about where Diana got created from. We're going to get. We're going to get there because we're going to dig deep. We're going to go beyond the black into the veil a little bit. Okay. All right. But I was like, God, Paul handled this situation with this idol very differently than Elijah did on Mount Carmel, where he's like, you know, tearing down statues and chopping the heads off of the false prophets of Baal, doing it a whole lot differently than dealing with the uh, the images of Moloch where they're you know, like toppling them and killing people and everything. Okay, that, there's a lot behind that. And you know why? Why? Lost, blind people in darkness are going to worship something. Bingo. Bingo. And I was like, well, God... I'm good to have yeah, around. You are good to have... And you, you hit the nail on the head because it was God's respect for the people that were following that spirit. He loved the people exactly. that were following that spirit. Because he knew what it was that was resonating in them when they were following that spirit. He knew that they were hungry for the Holy Spirit. And if Paul went in and did that, it'd be a stumbling block. Yeah. And... I am not here to rail against Diana or anything like that. Everybody that's following that, I love you. I'll hang out with you. I'll drink a beer with you. I'll drink a whiskey with you. I'll smoke a cigar with you. We can talk. We can hang out. I am still going to buy your albums. All right. I mean, for the for the poor girl that put up on, on Instagram that she started her Artemis phase. All right. The response is on there like, oh, I'm not going to buy your albums anymore. Yeah. Okay. That's real great. Great testimony there, sport. Okay. I mean, woe to you, dude. Okay. Support the girl. She's expressing what's in her. Show the love of Christ, please. All right? Don't don't go down that road. Don't be mean to her. The them. last thing that you want to do is apply Christian morality to people no. that are not born again, yeah. that don't know Christ. It's like you're not trying to shine people up from the outside. You got it? It's like bad enough with even Christians. Look around you. 
We can only walk holy by the empowerment of Christ, by the Holy Spirit, by walking very diligently, by renewing our mind with the word. When you sit there and you apply Christian morality to somebody that doesn't even profess Christ, it is, it's horribly destructive. It's destructive. Exactly. You're trying to shine up the outside yeah. of a tomb, and that does no one any good. If I had the money, I'd go out and buy 10 of her albums right now. Yeah. No, I would. Good. I would. I really would. And that really, that really disturbed, it, it upset the spirit in me because it's the total opposite of what we're trying to do here and what I believe God's called me to do. So, Diana Artemis was created. I mean, that whole thing, if you go and you take a look at the ruins of the Temple of Artemis now, um, it's inscribed on there that, you know, we no longer follow the demon Artemis, and that's exactly what Artemis is. Mm. Okay. Who inscribed that? I don't know who did that, and I don't know how it got there. I'd have to go back and do a little bit more historical digging. I'm just going off the top of my head from everything that I read gotcha. right now. Okay. I didn't want to get too, too, uh, too, uh, collegiate with this. So it, it, what chapter in Acts? Acts chapter, let me take a look here. All right. So yep. if you're listening, you want to read, just read about that. Read about the understanding between poetic inspiration, um, the spirit of Diana, the things that would block people from seeing that there is a loving God, the maker of heaven and earth, that special, special access of being able to go before Because that's the thing. You want to know the creator. Right. I don't want to know anybody less than the creator no. of heaven and earth. I don't want to know some angel that tried to steal it. I don't want to know some poser trying to make money off of me. I don't want to know somebody that's, that's coming as an angel of light. I want to know the one that uttered the worlds into existence and no one less than him. And that is in you to know, but you cannot approach them you need to wrestle with the law of God to understand that you're not in Eden anymore. You need to understand that you are at enmity with God, that if you were all of a sudden like poof, we snap our fingers and there's no separation between you and God, you're toast. God, in that sense, even with not any malintention, God would be your worst enemy. Right. You would be devoured. It says he's a consuming fire. You're not fit to face him. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to wrestle with the law. I, I believe uh, I kind of lost track of, in the pages that I do have here because I, I wanted to stay away f- as far away from the notes as I could. I believe it's Acts, Acts chapter 19. Okay. For those that want to read yeah, And it. you can Google it and find it quick. And here's something else that I'd want to encourage our listeners in is that we're not saying that you need to give up your creativity to follow a bunch of stoic laws. All right. Uh, we're saying the opposite uh, of that total opposite after a cigar and a couple beers before we get <laughs> up here okay it's you know uh there there's nothing wrong with that it's just not to be drunk in the bible okay but there's nothing god gave that it's all god given but we're not saying that you're going to have to follow a bunch of stoic laws give up your creativity we're talking about a new source of creativity that is an eternal source from the creator himself what what you what this deceiving spirit is it's a created being that came okay here we get into the spiritual warfare aspect and we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit for our listeners okay there are these things called fallen angels you have fallen angels and you have demons there's a difference between the two we started to touch upon this in the sturgill simpson dmt edition that we did and i don't think i know anything about this so go for it fallen angels are fallen angels they're not demons Okay, a fallen angel is a fallen angel, period. That's it. All right, there's a difference. Um, the fallen angels are the ones that one third of them fell out of heaven with Lucifer when they rebelled against God. And yes, there are still angels that fall from heaven today. They have choice because just like us, they have free will. And because they are before the throne of God, their penalty is a little bit harsher because they're seeing God face to face than what our penalty is right now at this point in time. We have a lot of grace. They don't understand mercy and grace, but they do have free will. So we go back to the book of Genesis. You know, it's really funny how we always go back to the book of Genesis. That book is absolutely fascinating. And we go to Genesis chapter six, where where we read about the sons of men that went into the women because they found the women beautiful and took them as wives. And they had these great men of renown so you have these great men of renown, which are referred to in the scripture as giants. Now, these giants are, 
the Hebrew is Elohim or little gods, not God himself, but little gods, demigods, demigods, Mm -hmm. these little giants or these little giants. Okay. Compared to God. I mean, just got, God could stomp them out in two seconds if he wanted to. Okay. Um, they demonstrated powers that were just completely foreign to mankind because we're fallen. They could do supernatural things. And this is where most of your Greek mythology and Roman mythology comes from. And I'm sure they saw the propensity with leftover logos in mankind needing somebody to worship, and they demanded worship from them. Bingo! Bingo! Because Diana... Once again, yeah, I'm useful. Dan, you, I am so glad I've got you here in the it's, studio. You know. If I did this by myself, it'd be a total train wreck. It's a total train wreck. So Diana or Artemis is the twin of Apollo, and their dad is Zeus. These okay, were, wait, wait, wait. Okay, Diana, Artemis, and Zeus—all the same. No, Zeus, deal. Zeus's dad, Artemis or Diana was the twin, the daughter of Zeus, but the twin of Apollo. So Apollo and Diana. Their brother and Our sister, brother and sister twins, yes, and sons of Ze- or yes. son and daughter yes. of Zeus, twins. And, and Apollo, the temple of Apollo, all that is spoken of in scripture very clearly. Okay, okay, and then we read uh, of in the of the end times of the destroyer Apollyon. So what happened? Is it, that a name of God? No, uh, no, that's El Elyon. El Elyon. Okay, my okay. bad. Sorry. So that's okay. So you have this, and you have this hybrid. Um, cross-hybriding of fallen angels and human beings. Nephilim. Nephilim. Okay. All right. So God sees this, and this is why God wiped out mankind, is because mankind's seed was corrupted with fallen angels. So the the bodies of these giants, the Nephilim, they die. Then you have the release of their spirit. That's what demons are. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Fallen angels are fallen angels. And I'm starting to really kind of think now, and I could be wrong, that most of these things that we call reptilian aliens or aliens and principalities and powers, they are grays. Grays. They are your fallen angels. All right. The other entities that we deal with, that we deal with mostly on a daily basis, okay, spiritual warfare, one on one people. I know we all think we're important, but we do not wrestle with the devil every day. He's not omnipotent or omnipresent like God is. One place at a time. One place at a time. We're dealing with his emissaries. We're dealing with demons. We're dealing with spirits. And Where do fallen angels fit in? Fallen angels are... I mean, there's some things we don't know. I, I, all I can say is that they are the ones that are the more physical form that you can see. Grays, aliens, reptiles, reptilians, everything like that. Okay. Mm. Um, And I always wondered whether or not a certain group of them, especially the ones that Jesus cast out of the uh, Gadarene demoniac with the legion, of whether or not those were so desperate for a body that they've kind of tweaked with biology. Did they raise their own kind of that's clone piglets, you know, enough to, to go into you're or? hitting on something because that is something that's going on today. Weird. We'll, we'll talk about that. And more so later. a demon would gladly inhabit a clone most likely. Uh, yes. And a lot of it has to do with DNA because the DNA of a Nephilim is unredeemable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that we're well, getting I mean, really deep. Yeah, right? we are. And, and <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's why God had to wipe out the earth. Now, not only was the DNA of the human race corrupted. Okay, Noah's salvation on the ark had nothing to do with Noah being this great guy because we know after the flood, he got just three sheets to the wind drunk. Okay, and there there was permiss- all sorts of stuff. Dude, after that crazy ride. Okay, yeah, exactly. I probably would have hit, hit it real hard too, <laughs> but um, not with that. But around. even even the animals' DNA was screwed up. Well, I, I know that it's apocryphal, but the Book of Enoch, I believe, shares a lot that it wasn't just they came down and mixed with the uh, fair women of Earth. They mixed with the animals, right. and then when you think of pegasus and minotaurs and all these different things that are are they just legendary they could be hey i'm not basing my salvation off this stuff a lot of this is uh for whatever speculation entertainment but um very well could have been here's the thing about the apocryphal book of enoch is first of all it's referred to jesus speak it's spoken of in scripture wow okay 
And it's apocryphal only in Western civilization. The Ethiopian church, it is part of the canon. Really? Yes. Okay. So there are things, and I really believe that God gives us what we need to know in the scripture that we that that we consider canon. Um, but as you dive deeper into the Lord, he starts revealing things and you start looking at the Greek and Hebrew, you do have to go back and take a look at some of those other texts. I mean, just like, you know, a lot of times you go back and take a look at the book of Josephus, the historian who was spot on with everything that he wrote. Okay. Yeah. You take a look, we, we go to other references. All right. And I've had to take, take into consideration some of these things as well. So when you're looking at the spirit of Diana coming from the Nephilim, we always think that the giants were all males. No, that is not correct. Hmm. They have uncovered some female giant bones in the Middle East. You've covered a lot of ground as far as this particular sort of uh, spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. As far as IDing it, we've talked a lot about Diana and Artemis and what that means. Can you hone it in, our listeners and people? How do we use this? What if? If there's a group or a group of people that need to be saved, what do we do with this information? What what, what are we doing? That's good. And I, want, I actually want to hit this on uh, on several different levels. Uh, first of all, for everybody, a burden from the Lord is not something that's heavy or something that you can't handle. It's something that you're excited about doing, and in a lot of the things that he's called me to do that I believe that he's called me to do, uh, especially in praying for these people, it's been a joy to do. And really what it boils down to is to press into Jesus. And the more that I've pressed into Jesus, the more the burden grows. Okay. And it's the same thing with the spiritual warfare aspect. It's not like I just woke up. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to be a spiritual warrior and, you know, go take this thing on. What God showed me is a result of just pressing into him more and growing closer just like the whole thing with the book the stones that cry how god uses people that may not be saved to glorify himself and that whole process of writing that book was just walking closer with jesus that was really exciting it was exciting to wake up in the morning and and just be in his presence and the things that i learned from that that i didn't even put in that book was, was really 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 cool but what it comes down to is is listening and praying. And with the spiritual warfare, we get to participate. The more that we press into Jesus, the more we get to participate. And I, I think that's a good point. Because sometimes I sit there and I contemplate the sovereignty of God. I contemplate his um, command and encouragement for us to pray. And then I'm like, how does this how do these things coincide? We are praying for people, but God is sovereign. Who am I? But it's participation. That was right. your answer to me. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? It's just like, what? Sure. yeah, sure. With the participation part of it is he's sovereign and he already knows who's going to respond to the call of salvation. We don't. That's a mystery. And that's a mystery that you and I talk about a lot. It's like, you know, who, who knows? There's a lot we don't know. We, there, there's a lot we don't know. But in the participation aspect of it, for our listeners, especially for our listeners that are into this type of genre of music and our listeners that have picked up on some of the hints that I've dropped, and you can go back and take a look at our social media posts, I would ask that they pray as well for these particular people. The hints that I dropped earlier, Masters of Destiny, Vultures, the suits, the collar, the collars and the suits, there, there's a lot more to it. And the thing that I find exciting in in doing this, um, Dan, is that one of the things that's been key is listening. Because we don't listen very well as as people. We like to yap or we hear. Um, When you listen to the heart cries of those that have been given over to this deception or have bought into the deception... You can hear the things that they are concerned about, the things that bother them, the things that are wounds to them, that fester, that that block them from the fullness of walking in Christ and walking away from this particular deception to walking into the full creativity of what Jesus has to offer because his creativity is just absolutely endless. He is the ultimate creator of everything. Yeah. Um, so it's the listening, and I'd encourage our listeners to listen 
it's so sad that over the years the church has been like, oh, don't don't listen to that, don't do this, don't listen to them because those lyrics they, you know, they border on this or there's woundedness in that, and you you know that's not Christian. Trying no. to protect themselves. Protect themselves. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm born again, but I'm gonna get contaminated with right. evil. Not right. that there's not moral dangers, you know, drugs. So yeah, we get that part. But sitting there and being like, oh, no, I don't want their bad juju on me out of a superstition or it's a, a weakness. Super, it's a superstitious fear. I hear a lot of people that are afraid of listening to a particular uh, particular album because they're afraid they're going to catch a demon from it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can catch just as many demons from listening to a false teacher in a church, actually probably more than you can from listening to a particular album. Uh, that That's absolutely ridiculous. You might catch one from a platypus. Yeah, you could. You, you, <laughs> you, you could. So for our listeners... And uh, I'd encourage you to pray and to listen and also to watch for the signs. For me, it's been very encouraging because as I've been watching the spiritual journey and I pray that some of the people that we've been praying for that have kind of caught on to what we're doing here um, see and hear what, what's, what's really going on. Um, when you see signs of things, we've talked about Faith being the evidence of things that are that are unseen. God leaves little breadcrumbs because when I'm shooting up a prayer for somebody that doesn't know me, okay, and they're like thousands of miles across the sea or they're in another state in the United States and they probably never will see me and hopefully they will see me when we when we when we reach um, when we reach heaven. It's like how how do I know this is actually doing anything? Okay. And there's sometimes that I can feel discouraged in it. But the encouragement is, first of all, is God made it very clear to me what this spirit is and took me right to the scripture. I mean, it's all in the word. Everything here that we've talked about today is word-based. Okay, But then when you see particular artists that you've been praying for, um, that basically their roots and their, their bent is paganism, then all of a sudden you see them in a recent picture and the earrings and the necklace that they're wearing are crosses or they come out with an album that's not metal and they have a song that starts with a verse being preached from the book of Isaiah or then you see somebody that you've actually talked to come out with a song that's bending more on the Artemis side but it's dealing with the question of an eternity and how do I reach eternity and they're thinking that's the way that it's eternity those are the little breadcrumbs that you see or yeah. that, that, that I see that, oh, wait a minute, this is really happening. Uh, and Dan, I'm going to be honest with our listeners. I'm going to be honest with you. There have been multiple dreams that I've had, visions at night, where some of those artists will eventually be here in the studio with us. I'm not going to mention any names, but and they will be. And there have been visions that I've had where you and I have been with a particular individual while he's been gardening. I want to hear about the vision where I make millions. <laughs> haven't seen that one. <laughs> haven't seen that one yet. But these are not just visions that I have periodically. They're 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 constant. Huh. Um, obsession? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's an obsession. Um, it's just sweet. And when I w- awake from those visions, it's sweet. You you can tell that it's from the Lord. And then you see those breadcrumbs that are dropped, um, that he shows you that things, that they're actually working. That's fascinating. I, I've never, I don't want to say never, but that sort of dimension of things, I don't know if I've ever entered into as far as receiving that sort of thing, but it's definitely scriptural. Yeah. Well, you know what I was thinking? When you mentioned paganism, mm-hmm. if there is a an individual, uh, maybe a listener, and you're thinking, I'm going to reason with you. It says that that, uh, Paul went and he reasoned with different people talking, and the Holy Ghost would take advantage of it. May God just move upon anybody that's listening. Paganism is sensual. Mm -hmm. The different entities that you're responding to these different gods these different sacrifices offerings spells moving it's all about the management of fear need provision interpreted mercy oh we want a good harvest let's sacrifice an individual oh we need to be victorious in in battle let's do this thing it's all based off a rudiment 
of primal sensuality. When the gospel is transcendent, it is not something that you just got a gist for or you were afraid you weren't going to get. It's from outside of all of that. Yes. It's a logos that answers the fundamental foundational questions, not just the fear and the reaction of being an organism in the middle of this chaotic cosmos. Oh no, is the hurricane going to get me? Is the wave going to get me? Is the sea going to drown me? Is the beast going to eat me? But yet you could sit there and go, wait a second, this is transcendent. It's about my soul. It's about morality. It's about a law written on my heart that I understand, but I don't really want to face that I understand. It's about, oh, I need to focus on neo-Darwinism and put my faith in that nothing popped out of, something popped out of nothing, nothing. right? Right. That takes a lot of faith, brother. It does. It and, does. But I'm not going to have faith. And there are all these different tales of if you look and you reason even in inside yourself, if someone tells you some paganistic tale that they're elephants holding up the earth or that you need to bow down to this guy on a flying horse or you need this, it's all fanciful. Mm-hmm. The only one, if you're being reasonable, read Isaiah chapter 53. Read the book of John, the gospel of John, and see if you don't hear logos rise up in your soul that this is different this transcends just sensuality it's the difference between really good music that touches the soul and pop that was made to sell an album yeah or or just a a a track they put on an album to fill space Mm -hmm. they had to release it right and the gospel is so reasonable it's so beautiful it's so perfect it's so poetic it's so fitting it's logos, and that rises up within you that, yes, the evidence of that which is unseen, that's faith. That will save you if you put your trust in Christ. Yes. And it's reasonable. So there's, um, we do want to pray. I know you got a prayer in your heart, and we're going to, this whole podcast, it may seem different or out there. It's like visions and burdens and things that not a lot of people may get. But Glenn has been moved in his heart. He was moved to write a tremendous book. You can order it. He was moved to reach out to certain artists that he heard God speaking through. And he sees that as a, a preview of what God wants to do in their life. And he soaked them in prayer. Join with him in prayer if you're a believer. If you're not, look at it. Read the Hebrew Ten Commandments and try not to break them and see what happens in your soul. See if you don't start getting a revelation of God. Well, Glenn... Let's. I'll agree with you as you pray, and um, some of them obviously are going to go nameless. It's to be sensitive, but we want to pray for those people, and we want God to move on them because I don't believe in vain that stuff was stirred in your heart. God, we just pray right now for every rock, Lord, every rock that we have in this studio that has a name on it, every rock that you've been moving upon. Lord, we know that you've knit the gifts of music, and you've knit the gift of being able to communicate, the the gift to be able to empathize, the gift to be able to see. You've knit that in their hearts. And Lord, we know that there's been a spirit that's come in and tried to hijack that. And Lord, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that you take that spirit. You crush it. Just crush it, God. Just break it so that they can have a full revelation of you, Jesus. They can have a full revelation of you as the endless stream of creativity, one that doesn't seek to use them and abuse them and throw them to the side of the road, but one that desires to give them complete eternal life, Lord. Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you release your prophets. Release your prophetesses so that new song can be released in the earth, Lord God, so that many will see and many will fear, Father, that the nations will tremble, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you for every one of them that you've released to save already, Lord God. And right now, I just call out all the prophets, all the prophetesses that have been deceived, seek the Lord. It's not rules. It's not regulations. He's a living fountain. Come forth. See your calling fulfilled and inherit 
gift of eternal life. Crystalscry.com 